I put out a tweet about my dream guests. And on top of that list was Gary Vaynerchuk, as we talked about. That was one of my heroes when I was 13 years old. So I put out that tweet and someone mentions like, oh, it'd be sick to have Gary on your podcast. And then I remember, oh, wait, I wrote that blog post about him when I was 13. So I go to this uh, archive.org, which is a great way to find old websites. I found the website that I and the blog post that I wrote, screenshotted it, tweeted it, and Gary saw that. He followed me. Then I saw that he followed me. I took a screenshot of that and was like, wow, Gary Vaynerchuk just followed me. This is pretty crazy. And from there, you had about, I don't know, maybe 100 to 200, maybe 300 people commenting, Gary, get on this dude's podcast. Go, 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 Gary. Like, And enough people did it where eventually he just said, fuck it, I'm in. And we recorded a podcast two weeks later. And it is still to this day a moment of like, how the hell did that just happen? What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's episode features two individuals who are obsessed with improving their skill sets and honing their crafts. Both Danny Miranda and Zach Pogrop bring a wide array of wisdom and stories to this conversation that will leave you not only motivated to take action in your own life, but also give you some insight into what are some of the most pivotal decisions you should be making to reach your next level. Through the Danny Miranda podcast and Zach's brand, Behavior Hack, these two men are doing an amazing job of bringing positive energy to the world. And I know you'll feel it throughout this combo. So please give a warm welcome to the show, Danny Miranda and Zach Pogrob. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. It's Thrive Thursday in Austin, Texas. And today I am super fortunate because the two guys I have sitting with me are not only inspirational and motivational to myself, but also a lot of other people. And I'm really excited to just dive a little bit further into how they got to that point and maybe help you on something that you're working on. But before we get started, I'd love to welcome Mr. Danny Miranda and Zach Pograv here today. How are you guys enjoying your stay here in Austin, Texas? Doing good. It's incredible to be here. I love this in-person studio and I love everything you got set up here. I'm really excited. So is this y'all's first time in Austin? My first time. Danny's been here quickly, like twice, right? Yeah, I've been here. This is my third time. I love this place. It's, it's the vibe you get, the energy you get from being here is just like nothing else. When was the first time you were here? Probably earlier this year and just doing interviews, podcasts. And I was like, wow, like there's something special about this place. And also not just this place, but also this time. Like when you have a place and time at that point, you're like, all right, like I, I got to, I'm being drawn to that. So that's my personal journey. And with you're, Austin, both, Texas. you're both coming in from New York city, correct? Correct. Yeah. And I haven't asked this off the mic, but how do you guys know each other? Hmm. Oh, I'll tell the story. <laughs> Is there a story behind this? It, kind of. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, Danny uh, interacted. Was it the first time you responded to my newsletter, right? I feel like that was the first time I talked to you, right? 
Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and around, this was probably 2020, um, I was writing a newsletter pretty consistently. I think I was doing like every weekday. And I think the first thing you commented on was I did this post about board of directors. Um, we don't need to go on to that concept. You could Google it. But it's a really, it's basically about having this imaginary board of directors, alive or dead, um, people who inspire you, people to have over your, over your shoulder um, when you make decisions. And I posted that and Danny responded to the email and he said, dude, mine's like the exact same. <laughs> and we just started talking both on Long Island, which was pretty rare. Danny was kind of like probably what, six months into your podcast, right? Yeah, something like that. I was just amazed at the amount of people, the people you aspire to be like are the people that you're going to be one day. And I was shocked that the people we had were so similar in nature. And it really let me know that, oh, we're really on the same wavelength. Yeah. And then um, because Danny was local, um, I was uh, growing, still growing the photo booth business at the time. Danny helped me with that for a little bit, actually, that summer, which was awesome. And then we just stayed in touch the last few years um, on this journey, both trying to, uh, the main thing we have in common is creating content mm -hmm. and building our platforms and providing value to people. Before content existed, because if you go back a decade, two decades ago, like the word content, I don't even know what you would consider it to be like Fox or CBS or ESPN. Like that was Sports Illustrated. That was the content being put out. And then obviously today it's a much different world. And you were mentioning who you aspired to be. So when you were younger, who did you aspire to be as individuals? So when I was 13 years old, I had a time management blog and I was creating content and writing and blogs were the thing at that time that were exciting. And I think maybe like in my first month of posts on that blog, I was talking about Gary Vaynerchuk and I was 13 years old watching a wine TV show, but something in me was like, that dude's got something special. And just having that as a North star, having his energy, his love for life, his ability to communicate, it all to me represented something of an ideal. And I don't think the parts of my life when I've kept that have been the best parts of my life for sure. What about you, Zach? There were a few. So you're talking 10 years ago? Yeah. So like, or like when you were 10 years old, like when you were younger, like 10 to age 15, like sure. the world looked, it's crazy how fast things, and you're into tech, it's crazy how fast things move. And if you think back to that time, it's just like, wow, like there are some similarities in who I aspired to be, like in terms of principles and morals, but like my life looks completely different and I couldn't have anticipated what my life looked like. Even sitting here today, like doing this. I couldn't have anticipated that or thought about that, but the the principles of wanting to communicate with other people and wanting to meet other people who are changing the world, that was still a, a theme. Um, but if there's any specific people or things that you were looking up to, who was that? When I was 10, it's probably like video gaming YouTubers. Hell like yeah. I was telling you the story before, I had this gaming channel called Dackles. And like I said, probably the best uh, knife only Black Ops Zombies player in the world. I was just obsessed with it. And I would do these commentaries. And so... To answer your question, I probably there's I think a guy named like Syndicate, big gaming YouTuber. And then as I got a little older, it was people like Christian Guzman, the founder of Alphalete, who did that. And I think it was always just this uh fascination with people who have these platforms online, have these huge audiences. It, it's like a different kind of human. And you're like living inside the minds of thousands, millions of people. And I always felt like that, if it's your desire, it's what you should be doing. It's what more people should be doing. But 10 years ago, no one was. Like, honestly, even when I started my Instagram, which was like four years ago, I feel like way less people did than now, you know? And when I started it, 
it was just a decision that this was something I was going to do with my life until I like win that game at least. And yeah, I think having those influences when I was younger helped me make that decision when I did. What does winning that game look like for you? Great question. That is a great question. I don't know. Because there's always more people. Like you're never going to be in the yeah. mind of 7.7 billion people. I think it would be that I've fully maxed out what I feel like is what I need to launch new things and have this platform to launch to be a vehicle for whatever I want to do. And when I feel like I no longer need to grow that platform, when I can just grow the individual vehicles, brands, businesses, projects, et cetera. Does that make sense? Yeah. When I feel like me focusing on the that game of audience building and platform building is no longer relevant to it. And that happens with a lot of people where they they grow. Even Mr. Beast, I think, one day his businesses will live on even if he's no longer creating content. It's the age old problem of like, do you create the art? Do you sell the art? Like to me, the audience is like, you're building yourself up to sell a lot of art, right? But while you're building an audience is like, you could have been spending time just nobody seeing you and just creating art. So that's a, one of the struggles I have. And a question I actually have for you where you mentioned being in the minds of others, because I love your content. And to me, it's you're, you're shaping mental models for people to think in a different way and approach life in a different way. But one of those mental models is to think for yourself and to approach life in a way where you're dictating your own path. So I struggle with the same thing as well. It's like drinking your own Kool-Aid. It's like if I'm telling you to think your own way, but I also want you to listen to my mental model or have me in your mind, is there any conflict of interest with you there? Or have you thought about that at all? I just thought of this because I was just like, Again, I love your content. I love how you just, I've never heard anybody say, like, be in the minds of others, which in a world where I feel like there's a lot of negativity now, it's just like the good fighting the evil in my eyes. Like, you're the good fighting the evil. But then when I wake up every day, I'm just like, yeah, do it your own way with my own, like, brave heart sword. But then I'm also like, yeah, but kind of listen to my way a little bit. Yeah. No, I, I do get what you're saying. Like, um, the one thing I've said before, like, is like, live in your own world. I think that's always helped me when I was younger. And, you know, I'm saying live in your own world. Like you can take, that is, you're right. That's advice. And it, it does kind of contradict itself, but, um, that's only helped me a lot when I was younger, whether that's like, you know, pumping out content on Instagram when I was starting in like the library of my college room, college uh, library, when I should have been studying for a final or <laughs> whether that's, uh, you know, driving for hours, doing photo booth events, just like, this is my world. No one is thinking about me and I should just go on the path I'm going to go on and, yeah, so that's what I would encourage people. Not to take my advice, but just take that advice, I guess. Live in your own world. So yeah, you're right. It is slightly contradictory. Yeah, but even with that statement, it's I like how you responded to that because if I'm living in my own world, I can then choose who's in my world and who's not. Mm -hmm. Versus I feel like a lot of people are not open to the fact that they have that choice. We go to school, we get told what to do, we get told to study for this test, their world is just the world that somebody else put on them. Mm. And I think the, what you're trying to put out is just like, hey, like I live in my own world. Here's some things that I can think can help you in your world. Take it or leave it. And again, that's why I feel like you've provided mass amounts of value and have grown, but that's not what day one looked like. So I'd love to go into a lot of our audience is people that are trying to start things or trying to find the motivation or even like tips and tricks on how to get to the next point of their journey, one of the things that I think trips people up is they're comparing their day one to your day, however many days you're on, 1,000, 10,000, 20,000. 
what did your day one look like in terms of if we're going to go down the rabbit hole of content creation? Because I, I agree with you, Zach, of like building that audience and the opportunities it gives you. Like even again, this moment right here is super special to me because I just connect with so many people just because of content. And the content is cool, but the people and what they're doing and the impact they're making and the fact that I get some of their time and get to have that rub off of me is super valuable to me and I never take it for granted. So day one for Danny and Zach, what did that look like? Yeah, so I guess for me, it starts with the time management blog. That's day one. But if we go back to the podcast, which is a creation in the past two years, I put out on Twitter, who wants to talk on the phone, right? I just wanted to have conversations with people during COVID and asked how their day was, what's going on. And I <laughs> fucking love this. And I realized this, that- That was really the tweet? Swear to my life, we can find the tweet right now and post it on the screen. Man, if I was Joe Rogan and I had that extra person to help me, we would, we would 100% be doing we'll that We'll chop right up this into that a is clip. awesome. Yeah, thank you. No, but we'll chop it up into this episode. But it's like, it came from such a pure place. I was feeling great internally and I wanted to spread that joy and ask and learn about people who follow me as well. And what I realized was, wow, these conversations are amazing. I'm learning so much. The other person seems to be enjoying it as well. I should just press record on this. And so I set a goal for myself. I'm going to put out a hundred podcasts. And then I realized like, well, I'm going to do one a week. And then I started recording them and I was like, I love this so much. Like, I feel like this gives me so much joy and love. And I was like, wow, before I even posted one, I had 20 in the backlog. So because it came and it comes from such a pure place, it's an infinite flywheel for me to talk, communicate with people, learn. And then I trace it back to my childhood of writing. And I'm like, wow, this all makes sense. But for me, it started from the pure place of like, how can I connect with another human and enjoying that part of it? And I think you really have to audit in your own life. Where do, are you finding the joy from? And how can you do more of that in your day to day? I love that. I love that story because like no one would do that, you know? Yeah. No one is writing so... like, hey, who wants to talk on the phone after dinner tonight? You know? Yeah. And it's, it, it's amazing. It's the truth. Like that's that's actually what happened. Did you have a prompt of like what you'd actually talk about? No, 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 no <laughs> prompt. Just I wanted to learn about the other people. I wanted to see how their day was going. It was middle of COVID. So who said yes? Oh, there were there were a lot of people who I spoke to, more people than I could actually call. And it was just a beautiful experience of learning. Some people I'm still friends with to this day. I've been on podcasts. I think everybody, no matter how big your social media profile is, put that out as a challenge. Who wants to talk on the phone? You will get responses from people maybe you haven't spoke to in a long time that you'll you'll cr create a connection in that moment with someone. And it might be the best conversation of your life because this is what social media sometimes does. And it feels like I'm in this box and you're in that box and I press like and it doesn't really impact. But what if you feel the connection with somebody else? How would that change or imprint on you and the other person? Bring people together, connect, and you could do that with a phone call. And the beautiful part about what you did there was it also creates a ripple effect. Because even if like, again, if we're going back to how I asked this question where it's like pers some person on day one, it's like you just need one person to say yes. Because then you talk to that one person and then that one person is like, yo, you know my buddy Zach? Like you should talk to him as well. Like, and then you ask Zach, like who else should I talk to? And then the ripple effect starts to happen. And most people don't understand like you have to be the first ripple to make it happen. And that's where that tweet comes in. But for you, Zach, on day one, what did your content and what was going through your mind and what was the process of that? Sure. And before I say that, I'm going to go into something about Danny quickly. Like what's amazing about Danny is he has just the most 
perfect vehicle for his obsession. Like I've said that to him before. And like, if you're listening to this and you're trying to debate, I think a lot of people debate, I mean, even I am kind of right now, like what to start, what different things to do. And it's like, Danny just did what felt natural, what he wanted to do, which was talk to people. And it led him to this amazing vehicle. And I think that's good advice. Like, I don't know if the podcast is the, and the reason it's such a good vehicle is it's like a compounding messenger for himself. The more he puts out, the more people he meets, the more people he meets, the more episode he gets on, more episodes he has, the more people he gets to have on. Um, it's an amazing vehicle for, for connecting pe- with people, which has never existed before. And so um, the vehicle matters a lot, I think. I just think that's interesting. That was a great observation. And you talk about the word obsession a lot. I, I yeah. look at it in your content. Why? Yeah. And then I'll answer that and I'll go into my like day one. But um, why? Well, I, I think it is important, especially when you're starting to grow, when you're trying to grow um, a platform to like have a core idea around yourself. Like you'll see people on like Twitter kind of do this and be like the writing guy or the content guy, the sales guy, right? You see that on Instagram mm-hmm. too. All the time. And it can be kind of cheesy sometimes, especially if you're doing something like sales, like so general, but um, no hate to whoever the sales guy is. <laughs> but uh, Always be selling. Always be selling. But <laughs> Obsession's like pretty unique. I've never heard someone who's like the obsession guy or, and I've seen it so much lately. Like I've seen it in like Mr. B's content and like, especially he, he's like huge on it. Him and if you saw, he just did an episode with Andrew Schultz where they talk about obsession for like 40 minutes. It's amazing. It's like, you know, it's like, it's a, it was like crack to me listening to that. <laughs> what does obsession so, look like to you? Yeah. Like how does that show up in the world? Obsession is just like, it, it's not about doing one thing for your whole life, but it's about in the moment and the thing you're working on right now. That's all there is. And it's about go, people have like an idea of what it means to work hard on something. And it's about kind of shedding that idea. And so like, let's say you're trying to start a cleaning business and the, the standard hard work is, you know, you get up a good website and you make some calls around the neighborhood, you knock on some doors, but what if you went and knocked on, you got like a shitty bike and knocked on like a thousand doors a day. What if you pulled emailed everyone you've ever met, like over the course of like three days, I think you would have a pretty significant business there. Like Hormozy, Alex Hormozy has a great framework for this called the rule of 100. I think it's so phenomenal. It's just like, if you just do a hundred actions for your business a day, you will grow. Like if you call a hundred people, send a hundred emails, spend a hundred dollars on ads, right? But no one does that. And it's about like, you have this edge and the obsession is like going beyond it and like letting it consume you. And then there's, so there's that. And then there's also the rejecting the pressure of society to, that was going to be the next question. This is really the big one is just like, Oh, like honey, it's time to stop working. And that, that can be tough with relationships. So like, that's not the point I'm getting at, but you have to sleep. But you know what, if this is a radically important thing, maybe you can give up sleep for a week. If it's going to produce something that's going to give you, you know, years of good results obsession to me like when you've so there's that side to it there's a lot of aspects to it that's why i love it you know there's so many things to explore within it what's up guys i'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with zach and danny i hope you are loving this conversation so far but before we get back into it i have an opportunity i want to tell you about as we all know life is hard it can beat you down have you feeling low and make it seem like you are alone I'm here to remind you though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. 
Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Danny Miranda and Zach Pogrob. You mentioned relationships, but that's like a huge thing. I got asked two weeks ago, I was at a meeting and they were talking, the guys were sitting there talking about how like they don't want to have a relationship because they want to be obsessed with what they're working on. And I started thinking and I was just like, I actually learned how to become more obsessed with my thing when I had a relationship than when I didn't have a relationship. Because when I didn't have a relationship, it was just like, should I be in this relationship or should I be finding a relationship? Or like, you just have this distraction versus when I have this one person who supports your obsession to a degree, then you you just feel dialed. So it's like, I love that you brought that up because that is actually a huge point. Like we're all in our mid twenties, mid thirties, uh, most likely if you're listening to this and it's just like relationships do matter, especially your significant others, but that obsession needs to be something that they need, they need to understand. And unfortunately I have that. Um, but then you also have to understand that person's obsession is as well. So screw the day one question. Like <laughs> yeah, I, I not, like, I've answered I, another podcast. Yeah. Like I love this, this topic and then we'll flip it over to Danny, but where has obsession hurt you in your life? Obsessing over good ideas is a super dangerous thing, you know, like that, that quote I love a good idea is a dangerous thing because like, I, like I think, and this has been um, something I struggled with is like, you can be a, a good entrepreneur or a great entrepreneur can do amazing things with like a really average opportunity. Right. But imagine if they chose an amazing opportunity. And so like, for me, like photo booths, I think like, I think I've turned it into something pretty amazing. But that took a really long time. And I think I could have succeeded greater quicker if I chose just a better vehicle to obsess over. And then there's the other side of it, which is I was never that obsessed with photo booths, the actual delivery that service that I'm delivering. Um, and so there's two sides there. It's it's the substance that you're delivering. Like that sounded really weird the way I said that. The thing, <laughs> the value you're providing to the world, that do you love it? Yeah, I love it. And then it's so do you love the value do you love the service, the product? And then do you love the vehicle for it? It's like two different things. That hits home so much with me because I wanted to, well, if we go back to like when I was 10 years old, I want to be a professional athlete, but I picked the wrong vehicle. Like I picked the sport that in my town, we were the best team. We won a lot yeah. and I like winning. It was soccer, yeah. but I, I didn't watch soccer. I wasn't obsessed with soccer. I was just in an environment where you got applauded for being good at something and I became good at it but I never really cared to be the best at it. And when I look back on my life and I'm thinking like, man, where are some things that I, I hate the word to use wrong because it made me who I am today, but some some areas in my life where I sidestepped, I feel like instead of like really push mm-hmm. the gas and sports is one of them, I think it's because of that obsession. So what you were just talking about is phenomenal advice. And even for those that like, okay, we're all entrepreneurial. Maybe you've never even 
cared to enter entrepreneurship. When you're talking your career, if you're not obsessed when you wake up with your career and like leveling up, and it doesn't have to be up the chain, you could just be whoever you are, but leveling up your organization or the people around you or mentoring, I think it plays a much bigger role than we even talk about on a daily basis just because of what you just said. It's just like, and what it makes me realize, and we talk about this a lot on the podcast, is time, is if you can only be obsessed with a certain thing because you only have a certain amount of time that you live. Like you're only going to be this age once. You're only going to be this moment one time. So when you obsess, you need to think about what you're going to obsess over. And that's where I'm going to flip this over to Danny. So you kind of like figured out like the path that you wanted to go down when there's 50 million different choices, like what type of podcast, who do you interview? Where do you interview them? Where do you live? All these different things and variables come into it. It can be overwhelming on the days that have been really hard. What motivates you to keep going? Because you're bringing some heavy hitters onto your podcast now, but in the beginning, it's not like, that's what we aspire to do. So on those days before you were like really gaining traction, like what kept you motivated to keep going to bring more episodes to life? Internal validation versus external validation. The podcast is one of the first things I've done in life where I'm just doing it to satiate my own curiosity, my own joy, my own experience. I want to learn about that person. So I'm going to ask them questions about them. So I think it's really important to think about you were playing soccer and you were like a part of you was playing soccer because it was the cool thing to do. And you weren't that obsessed with it because you were getting a little bit of your validation from other people, which is fine. I think we all do things in life for that. But when I really audited myself, when I really went inward and for me going inward meant 60 minutes of meditation, 60 days in a row and sitting with myself, literally just sitting. What is the voice in my head saying? It's no surprise that I started doing that in May of 2020. And by September of 2020, I launched a podcast because I knew myself at the deepest level. It didn't matter if someone thought, oh, podcasting is not cool. Oh, it's like I enjoyed talking to people. So that was the only thing that mattered. I used to put out content, but when I did, it was for other people. And I was there was a part of me that was ashamed of it. There was a part of me that went under a different name. I went under Danny Roars instead of Danny Miranda because a part of me said, oh, this is marketing content. And if one of my friends found this, I wouldn't really want them to think it was me. But when I really sat in myself and sat with myself, I figured out, wow, like this is internally peaceful. And I want people to know about Danny Miranda podcast. I want to tell people, I want the world to know because I knew myself, I was coming from a whole place. So the days that I didn't want to do the podcast, I thought to myself, it's a joy to create this. And it's funny because I've gone through periods of not recording podcasts, of not feeling like, wow, do I really have anything here? What am I doing? And the stretches where I haven't recorded are the periods where I've been the most upset. And it's like, do you want to know how I feel better? I talk to somebody. Like I have a conversation, I interview, and the thing makes me whole, which is a, a vehicle that's never ending and filled with joy and a game that I want to play forever love that response. And I'm going to flip the question that you asked Zach right back on you. What does winning at that look like? Winning is doing it. And that's the amazing part. It's like, I want to sell out Madison Square Garden for a live podcast. But the truth is, I'm already winning. I've already won the whole game. 
because I found something that I enjoy doing for the sake of doing it. And I hope everyone feels that at some point in their life. I hope people get to experience what that feels like of just knowing that, wow, like this is crazy. This is somebody I really respect and admire and I get to ask them questions. This is like the craziest thing in the world. Do you ever get imposter syndrome? No, I don't because I feel like I'm able to talk to any person in the world. You give me an hour to prepare for Elon Musk, I will feel like, wow, this is amazing. This is incredible. This man is has done things to shape the world. But guess what? I'm just a guy who's curious and asking questions. That doesn't make me any better or any worse than anybody else. And so, no, I don't get imposter syndrome because I know I'm welcome in any room if I ask the questions that are in my heart. It's a good answer. That is it's a the good truth. <laughs> he does. He he really. It's funny I've noticed about you, where like I imagine I don't have a podcast really, but if I was going to rooms with people who I listen to all the time, right, like your favorite authors or your favorite creators, I I don't know if I'd be nervous, but I'd be a little like you know, uh, riled up. He isn't at all, at least from what I can tell, knowing him for a few years. Thank He's you, man. which is uh, yeah, it's beautiful which to is, see. Yeah, it's, it's it says something about his like comfort with himself. I think mm. you know, and I only got to that point by sitting with myself. You get comfortable with yourself the more time you spend with yourself. And so much of our lives is externally facing, scrolling through feeds, reading books, and all great stuff. Like you learn a lot through content and you can learn a lot through social media. Something something you didn't say, sorry to interrupt you. Please, is, go. Uh, that you didn't, about his Georgian is like kind of what triggered you to start the podcast. You might may have said this, but didn't you meditate like every day for like an hour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so was, you said sixty days, but you didn't say how long. Sixty minutes. Sixty minutes. Sixty minutes. Yeah. But but then I did it. That's from, impressive in one that's day. A lot. <laughs> no one does that. That is a lot. Naval Ravikant does that, but like that's about it. That's, that's where I got it from. Yeah, Naval. And so he mentioned that on Joe Rogan's podcast, and I have was, you read his book? Naval's yeah. the, the Almanac of Naval Ravikant. Yeah, I've had yeah. Eric Jorgensen on the podcast. One of the that's first so episodes. Sick. He's he's the man. But it's really just like. The better you know yourself, the more you can navigate in the world with truth to you because you know you discussed it. But by the time that I was doing this exercise, by the seventh day, I was like, wow, that situation was still in my head. I was still letting that situation live rent-free. There are situations that are in all of our heads right now that maybe from high school, middle school, how a parent talked to us. And we're holding that on in this conversation because we haven't noticed it and haven't seen it for what it is. But- when I did that, that huge exercise of 60 minutes, 60 days, it's like, wow, like a lot of things became clear and I was able to understand myself a lot better. It's a practice I, I got to get back to, honestly. Yeah. It, I don't know if you've ever read the book, Letting Go. Once you figure out yourself, you also have to let go what isn't you. And there's so many things I've had to let go to get to this point that I'm at now, which is super interesting. And it's something that after I re-listen to this episode, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive a little further into because I think it's something we can all do every single year. Okay, we're approaching the end of 2022 soon. And it's just like when I reevaluate a year, Tim Ferriss does this thing where it's it's less about thinking forward and more about thinking backwards and being like, where were my missteps and how do I just take those things away? And then you're automatically going to fall more in line with who you are. And I want to flip this over to Zach because when it comes to writing, it's it's a little bit different. I feel like it's a little bit more, I mean, it's not different because you are with yourself most of the time when you're thinking about concepts to write and what to put out there. You're not playing off of the energy of other people necessarily like live. It's a different approach. And I'd love for you to kind of talk about what is your approach when you're when you're creating your content. 
I love writing as well on top of podcasting. And I know that a lot of people have different approaches to writing. And I think what keeps a lot of people from writing is not even necessarily they think they're a good or bad writer, but they don't understand that like they have to follow their own approach. So maybe you talking about yours will maybe enlighten somebody else to like go down what they want to do. And a great example is like I was listening to Jerry Seinfeld talk about writing and like for him, it was like literally wake up and write every day, no matter how he felt. But I know some people don't operate like that. They, they literally might meditate for 60 minutes and then figure out what they want to write for, for Zach. What does that look like when you're creating the content that you're writing about? Yeah. So I, I think there's two things and I have not always been the most consistent of a writer and putting out content and creating original content. But I think, um, I mean, especially the last few weeks, I felt really good. Like for me, and maybe this is a fault, maybe this is a strength. A lot of that just comes off my natural energy and how I'm providing to the value to the world. So there's that side of it. Then the other side of it is I, I do think to create great, consistent work, you need some type of schedule and some type of like people, you know, the artist people crap. Do no, you? I've never heard of that. No? What's that? You don't know people? No. The, uh, the NFT artist who sold the NFT for $69 million. That's insane. He does like the on Instagram at people crap, right? Anyway, he has this quote like, um, "How do you spell it?" At Beeple, you've you've definitely seen his stuff. Somewhere. I'm literally I'm literally going on Instagram um, right now. Yeah, his stuff's this. amazing. He's one of the biggest NFT uh, artists in the world. B e e p l e underscore crap. Beeple crap. There we go. <laughs> 2.5 million followers. He's a beast. Wow. So he is an amazing case study of what I'm about to talk about, which is he is has done every day look if you see, if you see his content it looks unbelievable right yeah he's done and a unique piece of content like that a neat unique um design so you know he'll do like mario super large breastfeeding or something like something <laughs> fucked up like that <laughs> and he has done one of those every day for what 14 years yeah 14 years cj like how crazy is that and um this one where Joe Rogan is grilling Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so this guy, he, it's crazy. there's a great, um, it's by 1.37 PM, an amazing documentary on his journey. And he went from, you know, just being this kind of, uh, I don't know if you want to call him obscure, but he made just, you know, obscure art, no real following. Didn't have this sk same skill he has now. And he's just, I'm going to do this every day by midnight. And he has this amazing quote I love is, I'm going to misphrase it, but it's like, you don't need an idea. You need a deadline. <sighs> and it, it's like so good. And so like lately I've been trying to do the last like, really last week or so, but I've been trying to do three posts a day. And I've noticed that just doing that. Um, and when I started, it was one post a day. When I started my page, it was one post a day, no matter what, you know, that was me going from zero. And I noticed though, now doing three posts a day, it's just good things come when it's a natural thing you have to do. Good things come. And so there's that piece of it, the discipline and the deadline. And the other piece of it is to me, it's like the writing. Um, I mean, a lot of what I do on Instagram is like pretty short form. It's just, you know, a few sentences, a few sentences really, but I feel like a few sentences is harder than a few paragraphs, though. Sometimes that's where like you're you're super skilled at putting a lot of impact in a small amount of yeah. Because a lot characters. of ideas, I mean, you you read a lot. A lot of ideas don't need to be books; they could be you know bullets. Mm -hmm. And I really do enjoy the process though of of trying to distill ideas and and paint them in a new way that someone hasn't seen before. And it's like like I'll start usually those posts with just like the first few words, and then just let my fingers kind of go and and write. And then it's like a, an amazing process of just like moving these pieces all around this, this page and, and saying the words in my head and what sounds good and how can I paint this picture more so that I can like take someone out of just like text and bring them into reality a little bit and, and let them feel it more. And today in my post, it was like, go to the edge of what's normal and then jump like the edge, you know, you can visualize the edge 
and little things like that like these small little tweaks you make with writing in my opinion add up and then you can write kind of well yeah so i do enjoy that that a lot i think do you feel you have to live to write you have to live can you say that another way do you have to go out and live so that you can write yeah. or can someone not live and then just sit in their room and just write <sighs> yeah like I think you could. Where you but at I think on it's that harder. spectrum? I think it's a lot harder though. <laughs> I think when you live, it'll naturally come to you. You know, I am the believer though. Someone could just sit in their room and write a masterpiece. I'm not gonna say they can't, but that's a lot harder. And I think uh, I don't think I could do that right now, at least. Um, yeah, but that's, just cause I... I'm, that's just because I believe in obsession. Though I believe someone could sit in the room at a laptop and do almost anything they want. Like I have this one quote: "It's like tweet. It's like." you can change the world with an obsession and an iPhone. Like that's all you need, yeah. you know, yeah, it's like, but I, I agree. You're no, not wrong, but I agree with what you're saying overall. Like, yeah, when you live an interesting life and when you do, when you push yourself in the world, it makes it easy for that stuff to come to you. Like if I look at what I've written the last few days, the stuff that's just like off the cuff, I could probably label like conversations with Danny or, or Noah or, um, you know, specific events. To parlay off of that. The reason I asked that question is, when I feel stuck, I go for a run or I do like, I take some type of action, which then has like this ripple effect on this other action. And then I always come back to the reflection of it's not the thing I'm trying to do. I need to do something else to then ha get into that obsession, that flow state. Cause if I sit there and I'm like, I need to write right now and I feel stuck a lot of the times it just doesn't, for me, it doesn't flow. And then another reason why I asked you your, your process is, I try to create scheduling around writing and, and different things, but sometimes I get there and I'm just like, I literally can't do the thing right now, but what's the next best thing? And that's where for anybody listening to this out there is just like, you can only answer that. What the next best thing for you isn't going to be the next best thing for me. Like you were talking about video games earlier. Someone might get super creative after a round of call of duty who I don't fucking know, but, um, that could be your thing. Um, I also, I also think, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, I think, I think no. the thing there Keep is like just not stopping. Like I think yeah. people get to that point where they stop creating and then they quit or they stop. Like there's, think about all the thousands of people who started Instagram pages or, or blogs and they just quit years ago. But like my thing is like there's been times like and my page growth has reflected it, just how much I'm putting out into the world and how, and how good it is. But I didn't put out much. I think the longest break I took was like a month and a half where I didn't really post anything. But other than that, for the last like almost four years, I haven't stopped, you know? And I mean, that's a, that's that's a great thing. point because I'm coming from a lens of like, I know that I'm going to go on the run and then go right. I'm going to go right back to the thing versus the people that are just starting. Like if you feel stuck in the beginning, like just take one inch, go one inch forward, whatever that is. If you were sitting down to write a paragraph, write one word, whatever it is. So I, I think you bring up a phenomenal point. Like there's levels to this where you know yourself enough where I know that if I had a schedule and I sit down right now and I'm going to do this thing and I choose not to do it like right this instant, I'm still going to actually come back and do it. Um, but that's because of, like you said, you've been doing this for four years. I would say that somebody that has been doing it that long can take that month off and like come right back to it because they know they're, they're going to do it. Um, and it might have actually benefited you. But I'd, I'd love to chat a little bit more about the wins y'all have had. In the past, recently, um, I'm huge on like stories that have like randomly happened just because you followed the obsession that you were talking about. So what is like a memorable for you, Danny, moment, either you were on a podcast or you had someone on your show where you literally were just like, damn, this is actually happening because it can go, like you said, you started in September of 2020, like that's two years ago. 
the power of content and social media, the average person just has no idea. Like two years feels like a long time, but it's fucking fast. Like you're only like you go to school for four years and like we dedicate four years of our lives, right? It goes pretty fast for those four years. It's the same thing with content. You can put something out there and get really good at it really quick if you are obsessed like Zach's saying, but then it leads to these real life stories that are really cool to talk about for the rest of your life. So what would that look like for you? I mean, the validation that I was, I knew I was on the right path with the podcast is three months into it. I put out a tweet about my dream guests. And on top of that list was Gary Vaynerchuk. As we talked about, that was one of my heroes when I was 13 years old. So I put out that tweet and someone mentions like, oh, it'd be sick to have Gary on your podcast. And then I remember, oh, wait, I wrote that blog post about him when I was 13. So I go to this uh, archive.org, which is a great way to find old websites. I found the website that I and the blog post that I wrote, screenshotted it, tweeted it, and Gary saw that he followed me. Then I saw that he followed me. I took a screenshot of that and was like, wow, Gary Vaynerchuk just followed me. This is pretty crazy. And from there, you had about, I don't know, maybe 100 to 200, maybe 300 people commenting, Gary, get on this dude's podcast. Go, 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 Gary. Like, And enough people did it where eventually he just said, fuck it, I'm in. <laughs> and we recorded a podcast two weeks later. And it is still to this day a moment of like, how the hell did that just happen? When you were 13. When I was 13. That and is it, so cool. And it made me think about like, oh my God, was that 13-year-old me writing that blog post for the current version of me? And it made the dots all connect. And I was like, holy smokes, like this is crazy. That was three months in and that was a moment where I was like, wow, like this is the right thing for me at this moment. And it's cool because it's literally compounds everything that we've been talking about so far. What are we like 39 minutes in? It's compounding everything your essence and the energy that you're providing. We were talking about connecting things, putting out content, communicating with people, figuring out ways to do that all in one. And then also following the obsession from when you were a little kid, it all like kind of had the synergy to, to give you that memory, uh, which is super cool. And it brings some stories to mind for myself, but uh, for Zach, what are some of the doors that writing or, putting Instagram posts out or tweeting have opened to you that kind of have been memorable. And I want to make it clear. The reason that I wanted to bring these stories is up is, I mean, you talk to Gary V. There's so many people out there that would do a lot of things to talk to Gary V for a certain amount of time. Right. But that's not why it's weak. You couldn't picture that. And when you're in the mud, in the beginning of things, you have to have, like I take you as somebody that believed that you were going to talk to Gary Vee one day. Right? It was just a matter of time. Yeah, it was a matter of time. And on that point, two weeks prior, I'd written down a note in my phone that was like questions for Gary Vee. I was preparing for that moment. And then two weeks later, it happens. Crazy. Tell them about the, what you've been writing down every day. I've been writing down, I don't know, since July 14th of this year, I said, I've been writing down maybe 3,000 times the Danny Miranda podcast gets over 1 million downloads per month by January, 2023. I'm getting like 12,000 downloads a month at this moment, but I have no doubts that it's going to happen. The amount of connections and synchronicities and th odd things happening that have happened just in the past three months since I've started writing, it's insane. If you put, so there's a book called it started at the end. So like if you put the end result down, the path is much more clear than if we just, go ahead with with no clear path. And that's where, I mean, you're just so, you could just tell you're just 
so aligned with what you should be doing and where you want to go that it's just a huge takeaway for anybody listening. Like once you find that, that obsession that Zach is talking about becomes that much easier to live through every single day. When you write something down, it validates in your mind if you actually want it. There have been things that I've written down that I've been like, nah, I don't want to come back to that. I don't want to do that anymore because that goal isn't authentic to my core being. So when you write it down, you say to yourself, no, this is truly who I want to be. This is who I wanted to be a month ago. This is who I wanted to be three months ago. This is still who I want to be today. And if that goal does or doesn't happen, it's all gravy because the type of person that I'm becoming in the process of that is incredible. So that brings up something super funny because when I got my first tattoo, so I've never give up on my rib cage, I printed out never give up the the same font that I have on my ribs. And I put it in my car and I said, if I still want this tattoo after a month, then I'm going to get the tattoo. And I stared at it every day. And I was like, after, after 30 days, I still loved it just as much, if not more. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking get this piece of art on my rib cage forever. So that's such a great point that if you write it down and such a practice, I think, I mean, the amount of people doing this are probably very few and far between. I'm going to integrate that in. So thank you for that. Like, it's funny. I have this thing I, we talked about right before we came here. Like, I'll do this thing, and I'm sure everyone has their own version of this, where you have ideas and you you like use Canva, mm-hmm. you know, software. I'll go into Canva and, like, create, whether that's, like, a mock-up or, like, a logo or, like, a design of this idea, right? Some people do that with notes or a notepad or whatever. And I have this thing. It's, like, post-Canva syndrome. Like, once you, like, get your idea out real, like, it feels so good to, like, see it, you know? And it's, like, becomes this real thing. But then it's like, oh, like the next day, is it like, uh, I don't really want to do that anymore. Like it's a real it's thing. So, so for those listening, like my wife, Erin is the one that connected me with Zach. She was following his content first. And a lot of the times, uh, she'll, she'll put me onto these people that are putting out really good stuff. Um, so thank you, Erin. But she <laughs> reminds you, me of the can that, that same style. Um, I, she'll, she'll like put together certain things put it on canva even send even with thrive like yeah create it and then it's just like on to the next thing the next ne- the next day i don't find myself artsy enough to I- i'm getting there like just through trial and error but um no but it's just about how you visualize things yeah, you know you might yeah. be doing it on a long run and you just have this while you're running you're just molding this vision in your head you know and i think everyone has their own post x syndrome <laughs> i well, think zach zach has hundreds thousands maybe of designs in canva and he might not look at it as a a great thing i look at it as like this dude is so creative the way he's able to bring the things in his mind into the world through design is like nothing i've ever seen before and it's a real skill and talent of yours so the key is that you need to partner with somebody that can like take these and like somehow sell them while you're not like so you're just we're building definitely more the creative type and i haven't had the, I don't I think I haven't had the full opportunity or haven't taken the opportunity to bring that to the world other than in ways I have the Instagram I have and my photo booth business I, I think I really have especially over the last year taken that uh, eye for design and used it um, that's such a skill value. dude like in today's in in if you can I'm sure you heard this but if you can like if you could be the builder and the seller at the same time you just you're unstoppable Naval talks about yeah, this learn to build like, learn to sell yeah you'll be set for life yeah, yeah so it's just like even if you don't, you don't necessarily have to learn to sell you like the beauty of today's world is you can partner with people that, so you can just keep creating and stuff like that. Cause I've seen the work that 
sits on my wife's computer and I'm just like, man, if I could do what you do, like where the fuck would I be? But I'm sitting here like doing Etch-A-Sketch stuff and I'm just like, fuck this. I can't do that. So it's my skill is a, a little bit different. It's just the, the personal side of things and spending hours with the people on these, these different things and different projects. Um, so partnering with people in that, the skill that you're talking about is super advantageous in the long run. So if you if you really think that that's something that you have a knack for, like put that shit out in the world because we need more of it. Especially this guy you just showed me. Like he, people. He just, yeah, 14 years. Like how much content do you have? 14 years of iteration. He, he said, you said thousands of stuff that he has on the Canva? Well, he's doing it every day for 14 years. 365 times 14. Yeah. Over what? Well, 4, it's, a, it's like what to, it's like what kind of you asked before, like what was your big win? What was a big win from yeah. last year? And so I'll share one with like content and one with my my company. I'll do the company first. Uh, we went from basically being this a few years ago commoditized photo booth offering, just like you know there are a million DJ companies, right? You can find a DJ for whatever price. In my mind, it was it's kind of the same with photo booth. There's thousands, but we went from that and through me just obsessing over design and and the tiny a thousand small atomic changes you make to the way you have text based on your, your landing page, the word arrangement in your headline for your uh, Google ads, you know, the words you say on a sales call, the tone you say it on the sales call, the way your logo looks, the way it looks, you know, the attendance addressed, every little thing adds up and allows you to create something more valuable. And we went from being that to like, like my first photo booth event, I think we charged 150 bucks, you know, and now our average order value is getting to like 1900. It's like, and that's only like a few years. And now it went from being that to like, I think like a, a luxury product service, uh, really more of a product. Now we really only, we went from doing all these random things to just, it's just, we basically just do one thing now and it's become a really like beautiful company, at least in my eyes. Like I love it cause it's just simple. That's all like, that matters. Like Warren Buffett has this quote I'm obsessed with lately, which is like, you don't have to hire out your thinking if you keep it simple. It, it might be, it might be monger. And I think it's true. Went from this mess and just through my obsession with like, honestly, branding and just presentation design it's become something simple um, that people love what about the content and so with the content um and to give more clarity on the last point just because i didn't really explain it went from being this thing where we just kind of did all different types of photo booths for all different types of parties to now we just do one very simple minimalist photo booth for luxury weddings and i'm only trying to reach that type of person who's planning a luxury wedding and that's it and the business has completely transformed doing that taking that stand Know who you are and obsess over it. Yeah. Anyway, to go to the content, um, there hasn't really been a huge specific win over the last year because truthfully, I haven't focused it. I've been focused more on the business, which is no excuse to not put out content, but it just wasn't coming from a real place in my mind. And so like, I haven't grown that much over the last year. And the, the win though is just like, I continue to create myself through the content. I've always felt that what content should be a method to just put your ideas out into the world and put yourself out into the world. And people can say social media is fake, but I think you can spin that as a good thing which is like, yeah, it's not totally you, but that's okay. You should try to become that person that you're putting out into the world and use the things you do as a, as a mode to do that. And I think I've just started that journey. You know, I'm still like getting comfortable on, on video and talking like this, trying to not like talk a million miles a minute and just enunciate. Danny yells at me to enunciate. <laughs> and I think that's a beautiful journey. There is a version of me that exists in your head and everyone's head who follows me. And I'm not out there that much, right? So that version is super skewed to compare to who I actually am. And it's fun, I think, creating that, you know, because you get to, you could choose your username, you could choose anything. Like, look at Mr. Beast, you know, he went from being just this random kid saying, you know, playing video games in North Carolina. to now he's like the biggest creator on earth. It's like, right. I think you're better than 
the online version though and that's something that we don't hear enough it's <laughs> just nice like guy. you go but you, that that says something that yeah. i'm saying like i that's i'm becoming the person yeah and i i remember our last conversation pretty vividly you were you were struggling a little bit around like zach versus behavior hack and like what do you do with the two brands and things like that and while you might not see the win or the roi like i've seen you become much more zach and there's a hard separation and allowing both of those brands to exist and in my i always use the word thrive like they're both starting to thrive which i think if i would have had this conversation with you a year ago there was much more internal turmoil uh with that but now it's just like sewing up as zach but then having this other brand that provides a value so if you're talking your your photo booth business becoming a product like i think you've done a much better job of like creating a product from what you're posting rather than being at a conflict. And I could be wrong because it could still be going on, but from the outside looking in, um, that's what I've seen from you. Because if that wasn't the case, you wouldn't even show up to like be on video or put yourself out there or fly out to Austin and, and try new things. Like, um, you know, it, it is that process. Like when I first posted, I was really just posting quotes. Yeah. I was posting very little original stuff. If you scroll down, you know, my first posts were like infographics. Like I still remember sitting in like the top floor of my library doing the first post and it's so like, cool. and then I remember doing them, like I was an EMT at the time, like just ran, I, I wanted to be a doctor. And so I was doing EMT full time on the weekends. And in between the, the calls, I'd just be in the, like the house, the EMT house and making these posts and like, what the fuck are you doing? And it's been like the, through the process that now all my stuff's almost all my stuff. I try to only post original stuff now, unless I truly like love a quote, you know, but, um, you've done 1500 posts or something crazy like that, right? Yeah. It's, it's wild. It's like, pretty close to that. And it's just like, it, it adds up slowly but surely. And then the metric you get, yeah, the metric you could also look at like, is like, how quickly can you get a valuable post out? Because we don't, like when we're in the thick of it, we don't see it as like, and I'll notice this when I was just showing you, I did that speaking engagement last week and then I put that video up and I didn't, like, and I had mics on other people during that time. I'm just not in my own head, like, oh, like I want to get to this next level. But everyone around me is like, dude, like you're operating 60 miles per hour and we're at five miles per hour. Like realize that. And that's something I think just because, again, you're hanging around the likes of like Danny and, and other people where everyone's crushing it in their field. We got to remind ourselves and you can remind yourself is just like the metric of what you're looking at. You're, you're putting out great stuff, original stuff, probably a lot faster than a year ago and you have a business on the side that sounds like you could sell the business. So that's all I judge like businesses. Like you, you're building something that's sellable. That was um, the big thing. That, yeah. that's, so if you, that's like the more specific win now, it's that I didn't really explain is like, I basically have, I work, I have very little day to day interaction with the business now. Um, just cause of how simple I've made it and how obsessed I've been with simplicity versus two years ago, which was me working events. You know, last phenomenal. Year, last year I worked a little bit, uh, but the, the two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, five, five six-ish, I started it. Six years ago, I started working for someone else. Four-ish years ago, I started my company. But that was all I did. Every weekend was working. But every moment, and so this is like, I think, helpful, is like every moment I would stand at these events working, right? And I've been to probably 500, 600 weddings or events working. I would live in my own world in my head. And I would literally, like, I would interact with the guests. I would be amazingly friendly, Right. But in my head, there was like a track going, almost like listening to a podcast that wasn't there of me in my own world, just thinking that these hours I'm spending these days would compound over time. And if I can keep doing this, I will have that freedom to not have to work on the weekends. 
and um, not have to do something I don't want to do. And that's been a really crazy thing to like feel now a little bit, you know, um, or a lot, honestly. It's admirable. Like there's, there's people out there that they don't have that vision or that execution to make it happen. And if we're talking the business world, like I like to invest in things and in people it's, I'm looking for people that aren't trying to be working the weekends four years down the road. They're like, I'm here for this one year because I got to grind. And then like, I have this vision to do this X, Y, Z. And those are the people that change the world. So the pain has to change you. Like you have to like, the pain has to hurt you enough to motivate you to change. Mm -hmm. And I think some people just suffer (laughs) and that's okay. Like that's admirable as well. But, uh, that was what it was for me. Choose just, your suffering wisely. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I love that. All right. We're getting close. This has been such a cool conversation. Um, I love both of yours energy. I literally could sit here and talk for three hours, but we definitely want to hit the gym. Last question I have for Danny, and it's something that Noah and I were talking about before this podcast is I'm a podcaster and I look up to other podcasters like yourself who seem to really love what they do and have brilliant conversations. How do you go about getting those brilliant conversations to, I know that it helps once you get Gary V on to reach out to other people. Uh, but what does your process look like of, okay, I have one great conversation. What's next? Because in the podcast world, I felt this the most It's like, I fucking love this conversation. But then immediately once we stop recording, it's like, you got to be in that mindset, unfortunately, because you don't get to just soak this in. It's like, we can't just live off this one show, this one episode. I got to think, okay, what's the next person or the next combo or the next thing that I'm trying to learn? What does that look like for Danny? Yeah. So for me, I love people and I love learning from people. So there's never enough people that I need to speak to. Um, but after an episode is done, I'll publish it and chop it up into a bunch of clips. And it's really just about understanding that it's all about learning for me. I love learning and I love learning from people. So the more conversations I can have, the more I'll learn. And like I was talking about before, it's just an infinite game, right? It's not like I'm trying to get anywhere or be anything. Like I already am everything and I already, and I embody everything I want to be. So although the goals and the aspirations are awesome, it's like I've already won. Who are three people you want to interview within the next year? Mike Posner. Jocko Willink and David Goggins. Give me those three interviews. As Goggins, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> He's we'll, a tough we'll, one. We'll chop these up into clips so we can we can send it right. <laughs> yeah, to them. dude. I, I purposely asked you that because I want to create a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like you did for Gary what, what about you? See, that one's tough because I'm I'm on the journey of finding the use of the world that just you're in town and I get to ha- meet this new person. So it's it's very tough. I want to have a follow-up conversation with my buddy, Eric Hinman. Uh, He's the number one most listened to podcast episode on mine. And I feel like there's a lot of value since the last one that he was on and some things that we can, he's really into fitness and recovery and the things that I love and enjoy. Um, So I I definitely want to lock him up. I don't know, man. That's, That's such a great question that I have to think through. I'm in the phase of really figuring out like, what do I want the studio to look like? What do I want my process to look like? And the real goal I would say is I'm getting my websites rebranded and more of with the obsessed mindset rather than it used to be, let's just get this done. Now I've like been working on them for four months going on now and I'm becoming obsessed with it. And I would love after you guys get off this podcast, I want to give you like a gift box or something where it's like, 
thank you for coming on the show. And it has like a mug that says a cool quote, maybe a t-shirt, something that's like mission driven uh, so that you create a ripple effect after that you're on the show. So I'm really diving into the process and I haven't really given much thought to the show, the things that I want to learn. So if you're listening to this, the things that I'm really obsessing over right now is investing. Like how do I make my money go further? How do I in and if we're talking investment as well, is like, how do I invest in my health? I'm putting a sauna in my house. I just bought a red light. I have an ice barrel already. So if you have anything out there that, or anybody that is in, experts in those fields, I would love to have them on because I'm trying to go that direction. And the other direction is I think I want to write my book in the next year or two. So talking to authors or people that have written books, I just listened to a podcast with Ryan Holiday and just hearing him talk about the process of writing and how a lot of authors will give themselves five years rather than just getting it the fuck done. Like, and that is definitely me. I'll be like, oh, I'll write something one day. And he's like, dude, just, just do it. Um, so that really had an impact on me. And I love that you threw that question back on me because I got some thinking to do. I'm a systems driven guy and I'm just, I'm super internally motivated and the conversations I get to have are always great. And it's about the relationships, but I want to like, right before we got on this podcast, I was like, what do you guys want to talk about to provide the most value? Cause like I'm sitting here obsession over like the videos and how does, how do we create stories and how do we make Zach and Danny live on beyond just the moment that I got to experience here today? So that's a long winded answer, but that's where I'm at. And I'm hoping a year from now, when you ask me that question, I'm like, bam, 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 because I feel like I'll have what I consider, if we're talking peak photo booths for Zach, like how you kind of have it dialed and simple. That's what I'm trying to do in my process right now. So it's an hour. I, didn't, I don't want to take any more of your time. I want to get to lifting. Any last words for our audience from either of you? Go internal. Look at yourself. Spend some time with yourself and just really consider for... 30 days, 60 days, who you are for 10 to 15 minutes a day and see what happens. Follow obsession, take the hard route. Love it. Yeah, we super out. simple. What are we lifting today? I don't know, something upper body. <laughs> my back is, my back is yeah, fucked. You just made my, oh, were you doing something with Noah? Kind of. Well, it was before that. He just made it worse in a good way. Hell yeah. Well, if you listen to this podcast, thank you so much for sticking along. Uh, where, what's the best way for them to connect with you uh, these days? Is it Twitter, Instagram? What's the, what's the best one? Instagram, at Behavior Act. Perfect. Twitter, at my name. The Danny Miranda Podcast. Check Perfect. it out. Perfect. Go check him out. He's trying to rack up. Uh, Noah was talking about you're trying to get some uh, reviews right now on Spotify. Go, Is that go leave a review to? on Spotify if Fuck you enjoy it. it. Um, hell yeah. Go to, go to the Danny Miranda Podcast. He has some amazing guests on there. Uh, go give him a review. Go check out... Zach at Behavior Hack on Instagram, some super powerful writing that literally you can use every fucking day of your life. So that's the coolest thing for me is when I get to log on to the platforms, I have friends that literally are in my mind, as Zach would say, and I improve my life every single day. But you have to be willing to accept that and say, like, I'm not the person that I am striving to be, but I'm going to get there and it's going to be with the help of other people. Um, at the end of every podcast, I talk a little bit about what my biggest takeaways are are and i think the two takeaways i have are finding your obsession what zach talked about but also looking at like what are you not obsessed with like what what do you find friction in to help push you towards the obsession and that's what i kind of learned from danny here today where he was just following the calling of like learning and communicating with other people and that tweet where you're talking about 
I just want to talk to people on the phone. And there's a lot of similarities between who I am and that tweet right there. I love people, I love community events. And it's just like, where have I let my obsession of that be wrong? Looking through the lens of Zach of like, okay, how do I course correct that obsession to be in the right lane? Uh, I think I'm getting close, but we'll find out. If you've listened to this podcast, thank you so much. The best thing you can do is please share Zach and Danny's story. That is the best thing. I hope you can connect it to somebody that needs to hear hear what they have to say. And rate, review, save, send me a shout out, connect with me. Love y'all. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive On Life Podcast. Thrive on. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive On Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive On Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.